Um, you called this an opportunity of a lifetime. Can you just sort of explain what this moment means for you? It means a lot, you know. This can change my life, this fight, you know. This can, this can open a lot of doors for me and move on to bigger and better things. You've also mentioned um, that you've made the mistake of sort of overlooking your opponents, making assumptions that, you know, it didn't really motivate you to get out of bed. Um, what did you learn from that experience? A lot, really. You know, the, um, I've had 10 fights, you know, the lot, the lot, it was the loss that, um, that thing did really. Because I knew I was going to win. I just, I just, I just knew inside me I was going to win, and then with that defeat, even though I had a lot of people and myself think it wasn't a defeat, it was just open me eyes, you know. But in fights like this with John Smith, I've got to be on my game, you know what I mean? And I've, I've trained hard for it. So, what's this experience been like for you dealing with COVID, getting the testing done? I mean, in comparison to the last time you fought, it's strange, like because normally you just come up and weigh in, and then you're fighting. It's isolating for the day but I think it's I think it's been good for me today um, just help me relax it's just it's absolutely it's um, forced me to relax to be honest with you because you have to do you can't do nothing else but relax can you in the hotel room and you can't really once we got our COVID results back you could come out of the room but there's not really much you can do so you're just back in your room you know you're waiting for your time for the gym yeah you're sort of stuck in this bubble is that, is that so I was going to ask you that is that um challenging for you to not be able to walk out of your room or is that something that you normally do prior to a fight anyways no it's it's something i do prior to a fight i try and keep myself keep myself to myself try and keep on my own just stay in contact with my coaches in the room facing we always so we're always like speaking you know on him facetime even in, in the room mm -hmm. next to me but it's a bit strange but you have to adapt to your surroundings don't you and just get on with the job you're very early on in your career. Who would you say were your influences, um, you know, coming up or in yeah, boxing? I, in boxing, you know, because I'm from Liverpool. I watched the likes of the Smith brothers, um, Tony Bellew, Derry Matthews. Derry Matthews coached me for my first part of my pro career with George Vaughan. And I used to watch all them growing up as a kid and all the Smiths and, yeah, Joe Selkirk. I watched them all, Tom Stoker. They're all from Liverpool, where I'm from, so... Mm -hmm. That's what gave me the motivation. So are you uh, an Everton fan or Liverpool fan? Oh, I'm a Liverpool fan. <laughs> I'm an Everton fan. <laughs> my coach is an Everton fan. You excited about, like, um, didn't they just win? I don't know much about football. Yeah, yeah they just won the league, yeah. First time in 30 years. They won every trophy this year. Champions League, Super Cup, World Club Football. They won Everton. <laughs> were, you, were you screaming up and down excited? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was made up. Yeah, it's nice to see that sports getting back. Uh, lastly, uh, what's been the, exper the experience of like the setup there at Matchroom HQ? Have you been able to sort of walk around and see how everything looks? We haven't. I haven't been over to the fight camp yet, but I've been in the hotel, the gym, and to the gym. Yeah, and it's it's great. It's it's brilliant what they've done. You know, it's been dead easy. Like it's been easy enough to do with this COVID. It must have been hard for them to set up and get it all right enough. But for me, it was just easy. You know, you got your test and. The security took you to your room and then you come round in the morning and give you the results. So it's been it's been quite relaxing for me. Like mm -hmm. I can't say the same for them, but <laughs> you know, like. All right, well, thank you for your time. I wish you all the best. Hey fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here and hit the bell button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. And we also have a free app available on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure you go ahead and download that. Bye, fight fans. This is Coogan Cassis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global at the Matchroom Fight Camp. It's week one. Delighted to be joined by Mr. James Tennyson. How are you, James? Not too bad, Coogan. I'm pretty relaxed. You know, I'm enjoying my, enjoying my time here in, in the bubble. Um, I haven't been too bad at all, so I'm happy enough. I keep asking everyone I'm interviewing today because we went through the same procedure yesterday of being locked up in the room. You weren't locked up, but 18 hours you couldn't leave the room, so... It was almost that case of you know you can go outside but you can't at the same time. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. You know, you could leave but you couldn't at the same time. You know, I, I just took the time just to relax and sort of just enjoy the enjoy the process. You know, um, 
I like the relax and recover coming up to the fight anyway. So you know, it's too bad. It wasn't too bad. I think I think I glued to my phone half the time anyway with all the with all the media stuff going on. Absolutely. Um, yeah, British start on the line uh, with you and uh, Gwyn this week. It's a it's a great pick and fight as most of the fights are or all of the fights are on this first show. But how are you feeling ahead of a challenge against Gavin Gwyn? Feeling very good. You know. Um, we had a real good camper. We got a lot of good tough sparring, and you know, confident. Um, just looking forward to getting in. You know, I'm thankful to be here and to be able to get a slot on the card. You know, I know there's going to be a lot of fighters who are trying to fight who aren't going to be able to get them. So, you know, I'm grateful to be in my matchroom and, and have this opportunity. You know, and I'm very confident about how things are going to go on on the night. I mean, in your career so far, James, you've had some amazing nights uh, already, and uh, I suppose. It wasn't to be your night, but kind of at the heights of that was was the fight with Tevin Farmer. What did you really kind of learn from that fight, would you say, that you can kind of take into future fights, even though it was a couple of years ago now? For me, you know, it'll be don't kill yourself or do the weight. You know, it's, it's not going to stand by you. For me, I went out and, you know, I, I murdered myself more or less to make the weight while I was out there, and it didn't stand by me whatsoever. You know, it, it affected the performance, and, it, you know, it just it doesn't look good on me as a fighter, you know, come fight night. So, you know, for me, it was just more... If you can't do the weight, you know, move up. Just your opportunity will come again at some stage. You've been on a decent run since then, though, putting together wins and kind of building up momentum. Yeah, you know, like I said, the move up weight, you know, it's done me good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling fit, strong, and healthy at the weight. Even, you know, like my, my, my training sessions today. You know, Tony said to me, you're sitting very sharp and you're looking very good still. So you know, I think it's the move up weight's done me good. And you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Absolutely. You, you know, you've developed this reputation for your punching, etc. And uh, does that kind of bring pressure that people are always kind of wanting to see and expecting you to kind of knock someone out? Um, you could say so, but not really. You know, I don't really look at it that way. You know, obviously that's what everyone expects. Everyone expects you to come into the ring and fireworks knocking people out. But, you know, through camp, you know, we trained hard, you know, um, we're ready for a good 12 rounds. And, you know, if, if the knockout becomes already, you know, well and good, you don't get paid for the overtime, obviously. But... You know, I'm ready for, for a good tough 12 rounds with Gav. How much of Gavin Green have you kind of kept your eye on over the years? I've seen bits and pieces, you know, I was I was um, actually at the fight where he's fought Joe Cornina, you know, I've, I fought the same night myself. He gave a good account of himself, you know, he didn't look out of place, you know, um, he was in the fight more or less start to finish. And so I'm expecting something similar from him um, come fight night and, you know, I'm ready for it. Absolutely. Um, it's only, what's the day today? Wednesday, so we've still got another three days before we move over to Matchroom HQ, uh, Eddie's back garden, as people are calling it, but it, it's looking impressive. Unbelievable. You know, I was I was looking at the media stuff, he was posting the day about it, and it says, like, I, fought in the, uh, f I fought in the M&S Bank Arena, you know, the O2 in London, the Odyssey, and I was looking at it, I was going, are they all them like this? This setup here has really got me excited, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. He's, he's pulled out all the stops of it. Absolutely. This is the first week, obviously, the, it's four weeks consecutive, which ends in uh, another great card on the 22nd, which is over there. Dillian White taking up a Vetkin, Katie Taylor rematching uh, Pierre Soon. That's a great card as well. Smashing card, you know, I think I think each week he's got he's got unbelievable fights lined up. And like you say, no easy fights. You know, they're all 50-50 tough fights. And, you know, from start to finish, you know, it's complete action. Just to finish off on, uh, I've been asking people their opinions of whether they want to see Mike Tyson and Roy Jones's so-called exhibition is what's being billed. Uh, are you a fan of it? Just talking to Dave Caldwell and, and Jordan Gill there, and they, they're saying they don't really want to see it. I think it's crazy, to be honest, but in a way, I would be looking forward to seeing it, just to see how he actually is on fight night. You know, it's different when you're you're smashing away at the pads and the bags, you know, but whenever it actually comes to fight night, you know, how long can he really sustain that sort of pace and prices so you know it'll be interesting to see but I think it's crazy yeah I mean I've got some of my kind of friends that follow boxing on a, on a casual scene and they see Mike Tyson hitting pads and he looks great on the pads and he looks great on the bag and they think yeah I think he could come back and I think he could win a world title and I think he could beat AJ and Fury and Joshua and I'm thinking yeah it's not as quite as straightforward as that because AJ doesn't catch up with you he's 54 he might look good on the pads now but yeah Competing with modern-day heavyweights is a completely different kettle of fish. Completely different ball game, and you know, listen. Whenever you're taking shots back, as well as hitting a person rather than the pads and the bags, you know, 
it's a completely different story. So you know, I don't really, I don't really know if the actual fight is going to cut it, but it'll be interesting to see. You know, I'd watch. I think I will as well. James, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV. Wish you the best of luck on uh, Saturday night. Hopefully, we'll get to speak to you after the fight. Best of luck. Brilliant. Thank you, Cook. Cheers. Razabani for IFL TV in association with MTK Global with me, promoter Eddie Hearn. Eddie, you alright? I'm good mate, I'm buzzing, nearly there. Nearly there. You know Raza, sometimes when you get a problem, people don't realise it's not one problem, it's a hundred little problems. So all you've got to do is day by day tick the boxes, graft away, solve all those little problems. And we've nearly solved them all. And we are what, three days away? from probably what will be probably the proudest moment of, of my career so far, one of the most defining moments of our career and our business in fight camp, you know, and it's going to be mad. I mean, I think everybody that's turned up today has been blown away and looked at it and thought, wow, because when I did the press launch here about four weeks ago, we just had a little ring in the middle and everyone, I think, was probably going to each other. It's poxy, isn't it? You know, and now they're looking at it going, my God, I mean, that's the canopy I think we use for Wembley. You've seen the change rooms in there. I mean, this is costing an absolute fortune. Someone's going to get a slap on the arse when it's all done. Probably Frank Smith. But what a great advert for boxing. What a great advert for our company to show you that boxing's a major sport and we are major players. How does it feel having media days back now? I remember the days, it seems like years ago, when we used to queue up for Eddie Hearn to get an interview. But how does it feel to get kind of back into the groove and the mode of boxing? feels good. I mean, look, it's baby steps, isn't it? You know, it's, I mean, we've got Coogan in the fight camp down there. He's had to have his test yesterday. I've got to go and do one this afternoon. Fingers crossed I pass that, you know. And it is baby steps. You've got media here today. We're distancing. We're wearing masks, you know, at times. It's like, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. So what are you going to do about it? You know, you've got to crack on. You've got to keep trying to push the boundaries. And you've got to keep taking baby steps every single day. So luckily, we were able to become a, an official sort of testing event for the government bringing crowds back uh, for the snooker. So we'll be getting about 350, 400 people in for the snooker starting this week. And we hope that September and particularly October will mean that we can start bringing fans back to live events in boxing and leading to hopefully what might be the end of the year where we could fill up an arena. Uh, but it's going to be difficult, it's going to be challenging. And you know, maybe this is the new norm. I don't know. No, we've spent so long trying to create that amazing event experience for fans. Do you know what I mean? Dress up, great fight, sweet Caroline, few beers. So we can't kid ourselves and say that, yeah, this is the future, because I don't want this to be the future. But what this will be is intriguing, fascinating to watch, and a statement from Matrim. How hard is it, how hard was it to put the fights together? Obviously a lot of fighters trained through lockdown, a lot of fighters probably didn't train through lockdown. Some fighters want more money, some fighters are just happy to go in 50-50 fights. So how hard was it to put these four shows together? One, and how hard is it going to be moving forward if you haven't got large crowds to bring that income in? I think when we first came up with the idea and I sort of said, we're going to do fights in the garden, I do probably think there's a few fighters texting each other going, I ain't doing that, you doing that, I ain't doing that. And then when people realise this actually the size of this project, but also how long this was going to take lockdown, you know, the whole uh, regulations and restrictions, I think people started to think, you know, I need to get on my career. And I've got to get paid, by the way, as well. But we kept that sort of strictness with fighters and managers and advisors to say, look, if you want to fight, this is the fight. And it's been so nice, as a way, I can actually write down on a sheet of paper and go, do you know what? Eggington, he should fight Cheeseman, right? And Reese Bellotti, Jordan Gill, they were due to box in six rounders. Let them fight each other. Do you know what I mean? And then you go to those people and you go, look, do you want to fight a fight game? Yes, but listen, you've got to be in a real fight. You have to be. Even Dalton Smith against Nathan Bennett, nine and one from Liverpool. Like, Dalton's been fighting journeyman, right? So, but this is a good fight for him and he should win that fight. But let's move quicker. Let's give people intriguing fights. And we've, when we've only got five fights a night, 
we can't afford any shit fights. So it's been really refreshing and we've got to try and take this mindset forward. It's going to be harder when you get to the bigger names, you know, when we start haggling over money and no crowds and all this kind of stuff, but we're all trying to move in the right direction. You know, will fighters take 25% less to get out or do they want to wait till next year? You know, we, we, we try to make, um, you know, a, a, a consistency of making money time and time again. We're going to lose a lot of money. But we're losing money. Will you take a reduction? Do you know what I mean? So it's like those conversations will come in time. But who knows where we go from here? But right now, the, the, the focus and the mindset is on here, which is going to be the home of boxing for the next four weeks. You've always spoken about boxing being a night out. People dress up and come out. You obviously can't get fans in there. So how are you going to make this entertaining? How are we going to hear Sweet Caroline? How are we going to hear people sing Sweet Caroline? You probably won't, other than me. But I think what we're going to see is one of the reasons I wanted to create this was the visual. You know, I wanted to create a brand in itself in Fight Camp that people get excited about. You know, people stopping me, when's Fight Camp start? Are you really doing this in your garden? Do you know what I mean? So people are intrigued to see what it's going to look like, what it's going to sound like. But ultimately, as always, the product is key. I can give you all the hype and bullshit in the world. My garden, yeah, look at this. Like, we're looking, man, we've got the mansion here, blah, blah, blah. If the fights are shit, it don't matter because you're not going to consistently watch. So the plan is, week one's a banger. People turn in, yeah, we're not going to hear screaming and shouting. We're turning the, the crowd noise off. We're not having it. I want you to hear the punches. I want you to hear the interaction with the fighters, the instructions from the referee, the dialogue with the corner team, because these are all things that some people like to hear, but they never get the chance to. So for this period, this is how it's going to be. It's going to be a bit weird. I won't lie. But I believe we've got the fights and the mix and Adam Smith in the comms to just make it exciting, compelling, intriguing. And, you know, I thought, I'll be honest, like, all I know is, is I've done my job, right? I've created something that is the dog's bollocks, that is going to get you tingling come Saturday afternoon. The rest is over to the fighters. We saw the Premiership obviously bring in crowd noise. What did you make of it and did you kind of analyse it and think maybe it won't work for us? I, I, I don't mind it. I liked the crowd noise for the football. I liked the crowd noise. We, we did it for the darts. I was like, I don't know. You know, I, I did put it out there a couple of times on social media. The general feeling was we don't want crowd noise. Listen, we may do a week one and then go, actually, we might try a bit of crowd noise. But right now, my mindset is no crowd noise. Let you hear everything. Now, if you've got a good commentator and a good commentary team, you're going to be hearing a lot of that noise anyway, but let's hear the punches land oh, on the guts. Telling the corner team, I can't go on. Hearing the instructions, trying to rally their fighter. You know? So, this is probably the first time I've done an event where I just, like, there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of how it's going to be, how it's going to feel, I don't know. But I'm intrigued to find out, and I think the viewers are too. We saw a lot of your rivals here in the UK, well, Frank Warren, we've seen Top Rank in America, we've even seen the UFC go before you. What have you made of their shows? Have you learned anything? Have you picked anything up? Uh, look, I don't, it's not about criticising other people because you have to respect the fact that they've gone ahead and done it. They've done it before me. Now, we were going to go that early, but I actually wanted to sit back and just say, you know what, the fighters aren't pressurising me to fight. They want to prepare properly. The broadcasters are saying go at the end of the football, so I'm cool. You know, and I'm, actually, I'm hoping the restrictions might lift a little bit. What have I seen? Uh, I've seen you know, it's all right. It's difficult. You know what I mean? It's not easy to put compelling fights together in a little studio. It's a shell of a building with black walls with nothing there. That's why I didn't want to do it. Where are you, Bob Aaron? Where are you, Frank Warren? getting out there, canvassing to the fans, hitting them every single day. Me, Matrim, social media, interviews, YouTube content, trying to deliver the impossible, showing you this. How can you create interest and intrigue if you're just not even talking about it and you're just in a shell of a, of a studio? That's not what we're all about. I'd rather not do it. I wanted to come back with a statement and with a brand, and like I said, Fight Camp as a brand will evolve. Now, we'll run reality shows off of this. This might be an annual event. Maybe we move it to another venue. But, but it's just, we wanted to come back with a statement for boxing, for matrim. And, you know, everybody that's going ahead with live sport right now deserves credit. 
because it ain't easy and everyone will be losing money. I've got to go all in, balls deep. Let me give you the Rasmus because that is what we are all about and that is why how you give the perception to fans and that boxing is a major sport. And when you tune in on Saturday, you will look at this and you go, well, you will go, fuck me, that's mega. Right? And we can't afford to not be mega. Hey, just away from the show uh, this weekend. Yesterday, you saw Dylan White post. It was officially 1,000 yeah, day yeah. as a WBC mandatory. Um, it's been a hell of a ride, hell of a journey. And there isn't really any conclusive answers, really, on when he will get his mandatory, sh mandatory shot because we just don't know when that Fury Wilder fight is going to be. No, but we have been given a date of the end of February. And, and you know, it's comical, really, isn't it, to think that it's 1,000 days. I mean, the only thing that I will say to WBC is he hasn't been mandatory for a thousand days but he has been number one for a thousand days but he has been mandatory for probably more than half of that um, I can't see any way out for the WBC if they want to maintain any credibility or fairness other than to say that's the date so yeah if they fight in December will Fury or Wilder be ready by the end of Feb maybe or maybe not but you have to make sure that his next fight is him and if the AJ fight doesn't happen until July or August no problem because AJ's not fighting until December either. So we have to push for that Dillian White fight. But he has to win here against Alexander Povetkin. And mate, let me tell you, there's going to be people underperforming here. There's going to be people overperforming here. There's going to be people here delivering the knockout of the century here. So eyes on that. Eyes fixed on that. We will do everything we can publicly, legally to try and enforce the promises that the WBC have given us and I believe Maurizio Suleiman will do the right thing. Will you be gutted if the winner, well, the WBC's champion is elevated to franchise? Yes, we don't want it. You know, I can't make it. I believe there's been a request by top rank to elevate Tyson Fury to franchise champion. Please, please, please do not do that because Anthony Joshua, by the way, doesn't want to fight the franchise champion. He wants to win the WBC title. If you beat the franchise champion, you don't even win the franchise championship. So that would be terrible for the sport. And I know that Maurizio Suleiman would want the winner of Fury against AJ to be the WBC champion. Come on, let's have it right. And by the way, also, Dillian White doesn't want to become... Devin Haney didn't want to become the WBC world champion by an email. He wanted to fight Lomachenko. That's what he was working for. That's why he fought all the way up the rankings and fought a final eliminator. Dillian White wanted to fight Deontay Wilder. That's why he's fought all the way up the rankings. So don't take that away from him. You know, you can't try and achieve greatness and then once you're in touching distance, just have it taken away from you. So, you know, I, I, I'm confident that WBC will do the right thing. So yesterday you were with Anthony Joshua. Um, you've, you've, he's obviously seen the pictures. Has he talked about potentially fighting here? Yeah, I mean, he was here a few weeks ago, but obviously there wasn't any, um, you know, stadium up. And he sort of said to himself, I'd fight you. He used to train on that long, you know, when he started his career. So... Look, the aim for an AJ fight is to definitely bring crowds back, but he would have no problem fighting here against Kubrat Pudev, and who knows what's going to happen. Eddie, uh, any updates on Luke Campbell, Ryan Garcia? Yeah, we're in negotiations. We made Golden Boy an offer, um, and you know we're not a million miles away, but hopefully we can make that fight. I think it's a wonderful fight. That division's just on fire at the moment. Obviously, Devin Haney as well, and uh, you know I'm really looking forward to that fight. We hope we can get it done for later this year. There's a video circling on Twitter where you talk about your favourite topic, pay-per-view in America, mm -hmm. where you say too ferocious, too competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, we obviously saw your tweet, with, which was a response to Steven Espinoza. It looks like they're going to do quite a few pay-per-view shows over the coming months. Bundles. And look, I, I think the pay-per-view in America is a joke. 70 bucks for a pay-per-view, like me. I mean, I'll get criticised for 19 quid. You know, but I just, I just feel that... And, and you know, I'm not even going to justify it but at the moment there is no appetite for the broadcasters to spend huge rights fees at in this current economic environment so the pay-per-view is an easy way out you know where you can say to fight oh, we'll do it on pay-per-view and the broadcaster will go fine look we'll do as many pay-per-views as you want but i'm not paying you this monstrous rights fee for that fight and when you look at it you know if you actually look at the showtime schedule the two the two good nights are um, the two pay-per-view events. But if you take that away, no disrespect to David Benavidez against Romar Angulo or uh, Stephen Fulton main event or Chris Colbert main event, the, 
it ain't a strong schedule, but the credit I have to give to him is the two pay-per-view nights, they are big events, but are they pay-per-view? I actually believe Javonta Davis against Leo Santa Cruz is pay-per-view. I believe Javonta Davis is a big star. He's filling arenas, a lot of people are talking about it. Leo Santa Cruz has a historic, uh, strong support network of you know fight fans, Mexican fight fans. But the Charlo fights, good fights, wait till you see the numbers. And this is where the problem's gonna come in. So yeah, I saw Espinosa's little dig at me, he's entitled to it. Do you know what I mean? I like Steve. He's a cute little thing. I just want to grab his cheeks and give him a little, Ooh, little Stevie. You know, so. But we can't travel to America right now, so I'll have to do it a bit later on. Eddie, I'm going to give you the mic. Why should fight fans tune in this weekend? Fight fans should tune in because we've tried to push the boundaries. We've tried to create something special to show you how great the sport of boxing is. We didn't want to come back in a little dark and dingy studios. We have spent over a million quid to put this together four fight fans to say our great sport is back this saturday live on sky sports in the uk and the zone in america this becomes the home of boxing for the next four weeks what a card on saturday night we kick off with reese Bellotti against jordan gill dalton smith against nathan bennett the english heavyweight title between fabio wardley and simon valilli the british lightweight title between james tennyson and gavin Gwynn, and then the main event the egg vida cheese it's a banger on saturday Next Friday night, we're, break, we're making history. The first ever all-British women's world championship fight with Natasha Jonas and Terry Harper. Anthony Fowler on that card. Chris Billum-Smith defending his Commonwealth title as well. The week after that, great Commonwealth title fight. Jason Wellborn against Felix Cash. You've got Zelfa Barrett against Eric Donovan. Great fight. Shannon Courtney against Rachel Boyne. A great fight. Akib Fiaz. Uh, so many other great fights. Kieran Conway against Mansouri. And then... August 22nd, can you believe that Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin and Katie Taylor against Delphine Pursoon will be taking place there at the new MSG? Forget Madison Square Garden, one of my favourite places in the world. This is the Matrim Square Garden. This is the home of boxing for the next four weeks. We are making a major statement to the world that we are back. So on Saturday, get up, get excited, watch Rung Visaya first, early doors on Matrim Boxing YouTube. Then, as we move into the lunchtime, Open a beer, get the barbie going. The weather's going to be out of this world. Big time boxing's back, baby. Do not miss it. Fight camp, Sky Sports, IFL. Let's go. Eddie Hearn for IFL TV. Thank you very much. This is Andy Purawal for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by David Diamante over Zoom. David, you're obviously you're in the UK, unfortunately we're not able to do this together, but how are you doing? Yeah, doing really well, man. Nice to see you and uh, it's a big week, man. This is Matchroom Fight Camp, so we're finally here. Let's obviously get into it. Just talk to me first and foremost about obviously your kind of travel arrangements. I know you've been here for, I think you said, like nine or ten days now. So talk me back to the process of travelling over and what have you. Yeah, it, you know, pretty simple, actually. Um, just uh, sorted out a hotel and I got a quarantine for 14 days. So, you know, um, left last Friday and, you know, I haven't left my room. And... Uh, I ordered anything I need like off of Amazon because I've got like a pretty strict health. Like I like to eat very healthy. So I'm not, I can't eat hotel food for this many days. So, um, but I have to say the food here is really good. So, you know, for dinner, I'll usually have something here at the hotel. Um, you know, obviously I can get room service at, at any time, but uh, I like to eat uh, more healthy food. So, so I've been doing that. I've um, been working out a lot in the room, um, taking care of a lot of doing a lot of writing. So I've been actually really busy making a lot of phone calls and uh, it's amazing how quick the time goes. Um, today I got my COVID test. So um, I've got my, my, my bracelet here. This is the fight camp uh, week one tested. So, um, so now uh, I guess anyone who gets their test has to, you know, isolate. So, uh, but I mean, that's what I've been doing anyway. So I'm pretty, pretty used to that. So I'm just here in the room and, uh, Get ready for fight camp, man. I'm excited. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be really great. I mean, we got we got some uh, some fun fights and a lot of, uh, I think, what should be 50-50s, and it's going to be a good time. 
let's obviously just start working through Fight Camp, kind of the first show back. And firstly, your role in it. I remember when we did an interview a couple of months ago, you said you were talking with Eddie and Matchroom and Dazone about how you'd work on the night. So what's your understanding of how you will be able to do your, your thing on the night? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be fine. I mean, it's just going to be announcing the fights uh, like pretty normal. I mean, I think uh, I don't I don't think I'm going to be in the ring. I don't think uh, I don't think they, they want anyone in the ring uh, besides the fighters and the ref. Um, but uh, but that's fine. I'm sure there'll be like a little platform or something like that. And uh, that's it, man. As long as I can get those names out and say the correct scores, I think we'll be all right. It's obviously going to be a very different experience for yourself included. Is there anything you can kind of compare it to that you may have gone through previously? Uh, I mean, yeah, there was a time. So when I, I had a really bad motorcycle accident, I broke my arm in multiple places uh, and I had a broken leg too, but, uh, but I, couldn't, I couldn't get in the ring because I, I couldn't even have a microphone because my, my arm was broken. So... Um, so I had to call the, the fights from, from outside the ring. Um, so I've done that before. And I've called many shows where there's been no crowd. I mean, you know, back in the days of the amateurs, we did a lot of shows with, with very few, with very few, very few fans. And, and, and even, even now, like big shows, like if you work a big show, a lot of times the doors will open real early, maybe four or five, six, seven o'clock, you know, uh, you know, half the people haven't even had uh, dinner by then. So, you know, these guys are all out in the pub or whatever they're doing. So, um, so I'm used to that. It's not really a big deal. I'm, I'm really excited for the fights either way. So for me, I can always muster up that, you know, that energy. And I mean, I, you know, I think the fighters are so excited for this. I know Eddie's so excited for this. We, we all are. We really all are. I know, I know the fans are. Um, here in the UK, of course, and, and, and across the world also. Um, I think people are really excited uh, that, that boxing's back. And we've got some good, good little scraps, and it should be fun. It's going to be a fun night. I mean, I, I think seeing it at Matchroom HQ is just going to be really cool. Let's start working through uh, the first card this coming Saturday, David. Start with our headline fight, Sam Eggerton and Ted Cheeseman. Everybody's just expecting effectively a war for as long as the fight lasts. Is that how you expect it to go? What's your thoughts on there about? Yeah, I, th I, think it, I think it should be a war. I think it's going to be a good clash. I mean, you know, both these guys, there's a lot of interesting storylines here. I mean, the fact that Cheeseman, you know, he was on such a tear and, and you know, headlining these shows and, and, and then losing for, for the European, that was really, that was a really tough, bitter pill to swallow. Um, and Eggington, I mean, that, that fight in Birmingham on the Amir Khan undercard, I mean, he had a big payday coming up, and he got stopped. I mean, it was just like such a surprise to everybody. He got caught, and he just got finished. And so both guys have had that trajectory going up where it was like, all right, here we go. And then so now they both get a chance to kind of redeem themselves here, and I really do believe it's going to be a war. Uh, both great guys, both uh, very hard work ethic. So Birmingham v. Bermondsey, it's going to be interesting. Another thought I've seen to go through is uh, James Tennyson versus Gavin Gwynn. Again, just your thoughts on that one, David? Well, that's another one that's really exciting and kind of a similar type situation where you had Tennyson, you know, he, he fought for the world title against Farmer um, and he lost. But since then, he's come back and he's looked really good and he's, he's moved up in weight, you know, and he, I think he's... <coughs> He's, he feels like he's really carrying his power, uh, you know, and now that he's, you know, fighting at 135. And, and, and Gwyn, tough guy from Wales, uh, Merthyr Tidville, um, you know, his only loss was that uh, decision loss to, uh, to Cordina on the undercard of uh, Lomachenko. And Cordina, as we've seen, is really class. So, I mean, that's not a – that's not – a terrible loss to have. I mean, look, any loss is bad, but I'm, you know, that's a real quality opponent. Um, I expect it to be a very good fight. I think it's going to be a very competitive fight and uh, you know, we'll see. I like it. Jordan Gill and Reese Bellotti as well, you know, Jordan suffering his defeat in Nottingham. He's looking to get back out and kind of like re-energize his, his career again. 
Whereas Reese Bellotti suffered a couple of careers in his defeat and he's kind of, he said himself, you know, it may well be his last chance saloon for him. Going into this fight, who do you feel there's more pressure on? Well, yeah, you kind of answered the question there that I, you know, in, in, in asking it, I mean, the, the whole thing, Jordan Gill's another one. This whole, this fight is another fight that has that story. It's like Jordan Gill was on that trajectory and he was like headlining shows and to headline a show in his hometown and he got he got stopped by Tinoco and um that was a really really tough fight and I think he learned a lot from that and he's come back now um he's on the winning track you know Bilotti had had has had a, a few losses and and of course the tough tough loss to um Iron Ryan Walsh but you said who's more pressure on I kind of, you know, I, I think pressure's on both of these guys. I think really it's a must win for both guys. It's a must win. I, I think I think if I had to put more pressure, I don't want to do that, but I would say maybe on Jordan because I think Jordan, there were all these super high expectations for him. And so if he can't get past Bellotti, it's going to, it's going to be, that's going to be really tough for him. But um but Bilotti too. I mean, you know, he's a he's a he's a quality fighter, and he he really wants to to get that W. So uh, it's a good fight, man. Really, really nice nice fight there. And of course, we're gonna have some heavyweight action on Saturday night as well in Wardley versus Belili. I'm sure you, as much as everyone, David, is gonna be looking forward to seeing two heavyweights get back in the ring, especially in your case, being able to see it live. But just break down that fight for me, David. What are your thoughts on it? Well, you know, I like this fight a lot because. I'm a huge fan of Fabio Wardley. I think he's he's a really exciting young heavyweight, and he bangs, man. He really he punches really hard. Um, it's it's he's now stepping up in opponents. You know, Simon's coming has come up from cruiserweight and looked really good since. He obviously had a really tough outing against Craig Glover. Uh, you know, Craig from Liverpool, and that that was a great fight. Uh, I think that was a couple of years ago or last year, a couple of years ago. Um, that was a really great fight. Um, I was really looking forward to that. Craig Glover came through, and then he's kind of had a tough time since that fight. But Simon has now stepped up in weight. And I think now that he's fighting over 14 stone four, he might be more carrying his power. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, Simon uh, has the pedigree. Um, he really does. But Fabio, man, has got that crack. And um, that, that's just a nice fight, man. It's going to be an entertaining fight, I'll tell you that. And finally, obviously, I have Dalton Smith versus um, Nathan Bennett. Just, David, obviously, there's a lot of expectation around Dalton, a lot of excitement. He's achieved a lot as an amateur. Being the first man to bring back boxing for matchroom in the UK, do you feel he'll be able to cope with the pressure and obviously not having his fans there and an audience? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean... You know, uh, Dalton is is just straight class, man. He's really he's young, but but he's had a, such a, a long storied amateur career, and he's been in in some high pressure moments before. Um, so I think for him, it, he's going to be straight to business. I really do, um, and it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Nate the Bennett can bring. You know, it's it's uh, Sheffield v Liverpool. Um, Bennett once beaten. You know, Dalton is obviously undefeated. Um, trained by his father Grant Smith, so we'll we'll see we'll see if Dalton can bring the thunder. But so far he has, and uh, he's looking really really good. David Scott, you just want to kind of touch on the headline fights for the coming weeks ahead. So start off with the following week, which is Tasha Jonas versus Terry Harper. What should we expect in their world title clash? I mean, that's just going to be a war. I think it's going to be a war. You've seen both of these girls believe they can win. Um, you know, Terry Harper has really stepped up her game, you know, training with Steffi Bull and, and you see her doing those wind sprints up the hills and she's, she's, she's really looking for a war. That's going to be a great fight. I can't wait for that. Cash Wellborn as well. It's quite, it seems to be a fight which is kind of slipped under the radar a little bit. What should, what, how do you expect that one to play out? Uh, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting fight. I just, I gotta say, the the last Cash's last fight was just so amazing to me. I mean, his fight with Jack Cullen was such an to me it was an epic war. I mean, and uh, I I really I really believe in him. But but Wellborn is 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 proper tough, and um, 
uh, a well-schooled fighter too. So uh, I think we can really expect to fight. I mean, Cash has shown uh, what he's made of. I mean, he's straight heart. So that's going to be a really nice fight. And then obviously we end fight camp with Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin. Dillian recently split in from Mark Tibbs. Firstly, David, just what are your thoughts on that, especially knowing that his fight with Alexander's only around the corner now? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on in their camp. I mean, I know all those guys. Uh, I think they're great, but um, you got to ask him about that because I, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, he obviously felt it was the right move. Um, you know, both of these guys are, are just uh, absolute professionals. Uh, they're complete professional fighters. Um, I think we can really expect a war in this fight. I think it's a really nice fight card. Um, and, and it's a great fight to top to top the bill. So I think you can definitely expect fireworks in this one. I mean, we saw uh, Povetkin's last fight against Hunter was really tough. He kind of got caught early in that fight. And it looked like it might, it might even, he might even uh, possibly get stopped, but he just, he dug deep, he came back and then he hurt Hunter. And it was like, wow, total seesaw fight. Really, really great action. Uh, Povetkin's just a hard man. And Dillian White is just a hard man. These are two just really rugged guys are going to go head to head. Two freight trains. Good fight. David, the final few things just away from fight camp, just to get your thoughts on. Um, a few weeks ago, we had the news that uh, once again, Jarrell Miller had failed uh, another drugs test. What was your reaction to it? Well, it's just a real shame. You know, it's a real shame. Uh, it's not good for the sport. It's not good for Jarrell, obviously. Um, you know, look, I'm glad they're testing everybody and, and that, that they're, they're catching the guys doing it because I don't think there's any room in the sport for that. Um, but uh, I hope Jarrell gets the help that he needs, and uh, that's it. You know, I mean, it was terrible. What, what do you think or what would you deem to be the perfect punishment, not the perfect, but the right punishment for people who are caught out for having a performance-enhancing uh, drugs test, uh, drug in their system? You know, I think that's for the commissions to come up with, um, the sanctioning bodies, the commissions. Um, you know, whatever they deem is right, I think is right. I mean, it, it's, it's, it puts everyone's health at risk, you know, including the guy doing the, 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 the PEDs. I, I mean, it's just there's no room for it. So, um, you know, the athletes, uh, the sport's already dangerous enough. So um, I just don't think it, it should happen. Um, it's a shame. It's a real shame. But, you know, it's part of the sport, and we see it in all sports, not just boxing. We've seen it in many, many sports. So uh, I'm just glad they're doing good testing now. Away from Jarrell, and there's a lot of talk once again about Canelo and who he may well face next. Seems to be Callum Smith is apparently the front runner now. Out of all the names which are being mentioned, David, who would you like to see Canelo in the ring with next? Yeah, I'd be happy with, with Callum Smith. I think, I think that uh, a lot of people uh, have wanted that fight for a long time. I mean, I think they wanted it in Anfield. <laughs> you know, that would be amazing if you could get it in, in there. But, um, yeah, it's a big fight. I mean, obviously, Smith didn't look great uh, in his last outing versus John Ryder. Uh, and, and there were talks about, you know, uh, John getting possibly getting the fight. And then, of course, you know, there was the B.J. Saunders, and that fell through. I mean, it's really the sweepstakes, right? Anytime you've got, like, the Mayweather, the Pacquiao, the Canelo, the Triple G, everybody wants to fight him because that's where the real money is. Um, but, but either way, I mean, I think uh, – Callum Smith is is a, a great fighter, and um, you know he, uh, he. It looks like he might get a shot. And then, obviously, just to wrap around and the final thing to touch on, PBC also announced their shows and their return of boxing the other day. Is there any fight in particular that obviously you was very impressed by that was announced because he seemed to get a lot of recognition from online, and a lot of people were happy about some of the fights that had been announced. Uh, there's some good fights on there, no doubt. I mean, look, it's great that boxing's back. Um, the better the fights, I, I mean, look, they've got a big stable of fighters. So, I, I, you know, you've got to keep these guys active. And I think, I think the era of these gimme fights and these, these, these you, know, um, you know, just these, these, these easy touches, I think, I think it's kind of done right now. I think the market is changing, and I think people want to see proper fights, and I think that's what we're going to get. David, we will leave it there and I will leave you to enjoy the rest of your day. But before I let you go, what would you like to say to everyone who tunes in to watch our interview? No, just uh, thanks a lot for, for tuning in. And, um, 
check out Fight Camp. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm at David Diamante on Instagram. And the fight starts now. We'll catch you soon. David, thank you, Speakers Boxing Social. Take care, Andy. Bye-bye. Big man Ted, what's happening? Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, we're good, mate. I'm doing well. Now, question to you, Ted, is, um, you know, obviously that fight against Scott Fitzgerald was hotly disputed. Have you had a chance to watch that fight back? Because I had a look at the result again, unanimous decision. Are you, are you in better spirits going into fight camp against Sam Egerton? Yeah, that's in the past now, obviously. At the time, it's what, it matters what um, happened at the time. But for me now, nah, I'm focused on what's happening Saturday. Because if you look at me and Scott, and then you look at the result, if I win Saturday, um, who's in a better position, me or Scott? Me. I mean, so from him going on from that fight, I'm in a better position now than he is. So that's all that matters, really. Yeah. I mean, how have you kind of dealt with adversity? Because, I mean, the time that we first met, you were flying. You were knocking guys out for fun. You were dominating guys. Um, I remember Carsten Jones. You put him away as well at 0-2. I remember holding your WBA strap at the time and saying, well done, mate. Um, yeah. But it's been a different point in your career right now, you know? Adversity. Yeah, uh, I've come over a few hurdles, but now, obviously, the journey carries on. and It matters where the journey finishes, not where, where it is in the middle or the start. It, it, it's all about what I've, how the story ends. Mm -hmm. Do you feel any kind of, like, added pressure that, I mean, you're, um, that you haven't won, won in three fights that... You need to perform this weekend and you need to get the I'll, result. I'll put that pressure on myself anyway. I, I'm a winner. I don't like losing. You, everyone sees my... When I lose, I don't I don't go, oh, I've got beat and that's it and I'm upset. I'm upset. I mean, I don't care. I'm upset when I lose. I, I'm a winner. I, I hate losing. I don't know what it is. So, obviously, every time I get in the ring, I put the pressure on myself and I'm going on thinking about it for, for weeks before, about visualising winning the fight. All right. Next one. Hi, Ted. It's Steve from Boxing UK. You're right, mate. Yeah, you're right. Hi, Ted. Uh, just alluding back to the, the fight against Fitzgerald, Ted, we saw you, we, it must have been two or three hours after the fight, coming out of your dressing room, after we'd interviewed Lewis Ritson. So you were in there a long, long time. Just how disappointed were you? And does that make you even more determined to put things right this weekend? Yeah, I, I was uh, disgusted and I was uh, upset. But like I said, this in the past. And, and, and as you say, I had a very bad year last year and I never had no luck at all. And that's just made me determined to, to make everything right um, this year. And, and it's, it's made me a much better, a much mature person and a much better boxer because it's when everything's going good and pretty and, well, Everything, you don't really change much, but now I've had the chance to work on loads and loads of different stuff, and I'm becoming a, a really um, different fighter. Like I've got so much different added to my style, so I'm looking forward to expressing it Saturday night. Yeah, the, the fight against Fitzgerald, Ted, you, you surprised a lot of people with your boxing skills then. Yeah. So is that something that you're going to stick with, or are you tempted to go back to the come forward style, or are you keep that a secret? It's it's about doing what's right. When I get in the ring, um, uh, the only thing I do is I, I plan to to adapt to the style what I need to box that's going to win me the fight. Like when people would mention it, when I boxed Conway after the Garcia fight, if I stood off him, I I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have um, had a chance of winning the fight. If I if I come forward against Scott Fitzgerald, I'd have made the fight a lot harder for myself. It's, I do what I have to do to win fights. You know what I mean? That, that, that I box the way I need to. The only fight I didn't was Sergio Garcia because I went in there with no plan at all because as whatever my coach told me, it was in one ear and out the other because I was just torturing myself and punishing myself. But now, nah, I, I know if I want, I can come forward and beat Sam. I know if I want to box on the back foot, I can beat Sam. I'm just, I just believe I'm overall better. But we'll see on Saturday night. Last one from us, Ted. Um, it's a very different fight week to what you're normally used to. Yeah. So what are you going to do between now and the weekend? Are you having any of those Chicago Town pizzas? 
<laughs> nah, do you know what? Um, like I said already in a couple of minutes, is this the best camp I've had? Um, wise with the lockdown, everything's been just focused on boxing. And then again as well, this week is like usually you're running around like like a lunatic, collecting money for tickets and dropping last tickets off. And it's just nice to be in in the hotel relaxing and just focused and thinking about the boxing. Lovely. Thanks, Ted. Good luck on Saturday, mate. I'll jump in here if you don't mind. Ted, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, all good. Thanks, mate. You? Same as from Boxing News, uh, Boxing News TV. You described the past year uh, as a nightmare year. Will a win over Sam Eggerton be that cap on that nightmare year and leave you in a position to possibly move on from that fight then? Yeah, 100%. Um, it gets me back to the spot where I work. It gets me back to the point where I was before the Sergio Garcia fight. And, and to be honest, it um, it's a bigger, as much as the Sergio Garcia fight was for the European belt, this is a bigger domestic fight and better fight for me to win. You know what I mean? If I beat Sergio Garcia, I wouldn't have got the appreciation I deserved. But beating Sam Egan, I'm going to get a lot of um, what I deserve for it. You know what I mean? I'm going to get a lot of appreciation from beating him and performing well. So I'm just looking forward to that. As others have said, and you've talked about already, that fight against Scott Fitzgerald was a contentious loss. Has the fact that we've been in lockdown been grating on you in a boxing sense, considering the last fight you had was that loss against uh, Scott Fitzgerald and you haven't had the opportunity to right that wrong because of COVID? Has it been grating on you? Nah, um, to be honest, I'd been boxing that last year as well with niggles, like dodgy elbows. And, um, I, like, so, obviously, you, I was getting through camps, but like struggling through them. Um, and not everything was right. So mm-hmm. it was great to sort of have the first few weeks of lockdown before having no clue of what's going on with boxing, just mm-hmm. doing nothing, do you know what I mean? Um, uh, and refreshing my body, getting my body refreshed again. And then as soon as the fights, I was told there could be possibly a fights in July and August, I got straight back into camp then and I've been more determined than ever. Eddie said that recently uh, talked to Scott Fitzgerald about coming back. Uh, obviously, he's had his troubles uh, with himself. Um, but are you looking for that rematch once Scott's ready? Yeah, I'd love that rematch. But there's loads of fights. There's Scott, there's Anthony Fowler, there's um, James Metcalf. There's loads of fighters out there domestically. Plus, with the, by winning this fight, the minimum ranking I'm going to get is a w, uh, number five in the IBF. Mm-hmm. what ranking sounds got so you just got to look at what opportunities come I'm a lot older a lot mature a lot more experienced and now is my time to put a big performance in Saturday and push on with my career Final question for you Ted give me a prediction for Saturday against Sam Eggington what happens? Um, I don't know when I don't know uh, what but I believe I'll get him out there at some point Appreciate that Ted thank you Thanks Hi Ted, Charlie Parsons here, boxing correspondent for fighthype.com. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, first thing that I wanted to jump into, obviously, this is a special experience uh, behind closed doors. Eddie Hearn's putting on a show, he's doing the fight camp. Does that give you another motivating factor moving forward into this fight that it's sort of part of history and you're headlining the first fight on his shows? Yeah, cool. So, um, another thing is, is like, if this fight was happening on a normal show, right, there would be a big crowd, and but it wouldn't be such a big event, do you know what I mean? But it's it's a massive event. It's the first show on the, the fight camp. Everyone's thriving for boxing from Sky Sports and Matram. And I'm topping the first bill, so it's great exposure, and it's a great opportunity for me to put on a massive performance and put my name back out there. Yeah, of course. Obviously, you've spoke about it with a couple of the boys here, but um, 2019, you know, not sugarcoating, it wasn't the best best year for you. Um, does that make you slightly apprehensive towards the Eggington clash, or do you feel that you've turned a new leaf and that you can just go forward like your old self? Yeah, I've, I've turned a new leaf. I'm, I'm refreshed mentally and physically, and I'm in the best shape I've ever been as a pro, and I'm in the mentally the best, best place I've been as a pro, so I just feel... Um, the right time for me, as you say, is to turn the leaf and push on. Another thing that you mentioned before is that you now feel that you can use both styles. You've got that come forward style and you've also got that slick style. Do you think that's going to help you with Eggington, that you'll be able to read him in the ring and you'll be able to decide what way you want to fight him when you're in the ring? Yeah, but going back to that, um, I believe what people don't know, what, what I said earlier is I box how I need to box to win. When I box um, Jack... Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, well, in my, I think my seventh fight, 
boxed a, a fella from up north, Jack. And first couple of rounds, I was coming forward, uh, putting him down, but he was tough. And then I went on the back foot after because he kept coming. When I boxed Carson Jones, uh, I come forward and at points I went on the back foot and at points I went on the front foot. I do what I have to do to win. I've always been able to box. I've always been able to fight. I chose to box against Scott Fitzgerald because I believe that was the right style to be in. And I, as you say, I'll do what I feel right in the ring on Saturday against Sam, what I feel that is going to give me the best chance of winning. Yeah, of course. And just finally, um, something that you said, uh, I think it was last week, you said uh, Sam could keep his chin out at 147, but he won't be able to do that with you at 154. Does that give you a little bit of feeling in the back of your mind that you will be able to stop him? Like that, that you do have the power to stop him? Yeah, I, I, it's not just, it's not all about power. It's about um, beating someone enough. And uh, it's, it's, if you watch Sam, if he's so, everyone says, I'll take shots. When I take shots, I'm trying to take shots. I, I'm, I'm taking on the gloves to catch and counter or to wear someone down. Sam takes shots clean to the face because he, he just that is his defence. You know what I mean? That's the difference between me and Sam. And I just believe as the rounds go on, he won't be able to keep taking the punishment. Yeah, of course. Thank you for your time, mate, and all the best on Saturday. Hi, Ted, mate. How you doing? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. You're right, mate. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, the lack of a crowd, does that play into your favour a little bit in that you won't get swayed by your supporters? You're a big ticket seller, obviously. They cheer you on vociferously. And when things get, you know, really into the fiery elements of the fight, you won't feel like you have to push on and be aggressive if that's not what suits the occasion. Yeah, exactly that, Dan. Um, I, said, I said that um, earlier in an interview with Sky, obviously. Um, this fight, is, is gonna, you're going to be able to communicate with your coach a lot better with, during rounds and stuff and use your brain a lot more. It's going to be a lot more of a thinking fight and you're not going to get swayed emotionally at all by the, the crowd. So... I think it's going to be a lot easier to be focused and, and use your brain. And the comments earlier that um, one of my colleagues spoke about, that um, Sam Eggerton can't afford to leave his chin out at 154. He did a conference call earlier today where those comments were put to him. And he said, Ted Cheeseman's not a big puncher in any way. Do you feel you're the puncher in this fight at 154? Bigger puncher than him? Yeah, 100%. I'm just a bigger man all round. I'm stronger, bigger. Sam was a big, um, big weight, but he bullied people at weight. He wasn't a one-punch concussive puncher. He, he was big and uh, and he, he sort of bullied them around and then got them out there at the end. But we're, we're at 154, he's been being bullied. Do you know what I mean? So he can say what he wants. Uh, look, we're both fighters. It ain't one of them fights where we're going to slag both each other off. He believes he's going to win. I believe I'm going to win. And that's what all, all the makings of a good fight. And you mentioned the minimum ranking you can expect should you get past Eggington from the IBF will be number five, which yeah. is the ranking obviously he's got at the moment. How far away do you feel you are, you and Tony, from that fringe world level or fighting in a world title eliminator, that kind of thing? It's all about opportunities. And um, it's if the right opportunity pops up and, uh, and Tony and I believe it's right at the right time, then, then you have to take it. But if not, you, then you look at what other options you have. Brilliant. Well, best of luck on Saturday night. Cheers, thanks. Hi, Ted. Um, Mark here from Press Box PR. Um, I was having a chat with um, Dalton Smith earlier. He told me he told me that he's in, been in the unusual situation where he's run into Nate, he's run into his opponent. They've had a little chat. Have you come across Sam yet? Have you um, been able to sort of size him up, have a chat? Uh, we see each other at the checkway, but we never really had a chat. It's it would probably be, would be it's, with all boxers, you'd be best as friends after the fight and love each other and are oh, you good fight mate and whatever. But for now, it's business. Do you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not going to be too friendly. But I'm just hello, with goodbye, and that's how it is. Focus on the fight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we've obviously seen the pictures being beamed from the uh, Matchroom social medias of the testing going on. But I wonder if you could take us a little bit closer to what else is going on inside the bubble. What's the atmosphere like? What challenges are you sort of facing um, in contrast to what it's normally like? Uh, I don't know. You're just fully switched on or, or thinking about boxing. You know what I mean? Um, I brought my Xbox and uh, uh, an Amazon Fire Stick with all like, the movies and everything going on for me to just be able to relax, see and watch some, some series and some films, play a bit of Xbox to kill a bit of time 
and then obviously watch a bit of YouTube and stuff and look up, watch fights and stuff. And it's just all about killing a bit of time. But for me, it's good because, like I said earlier, I'll just be dying around this week uh, doing a million and one things. But it's been all organised and sorted out a lot earlier. Plus, I ain't had to run around selling tickets because there's no crowd. So everything's just been a lot more focused on purely boxing. It's quite interesting that because the rest in the lead up to the fight during the during the fight week is probably the most one of the crucial parts of the build up um, for you as a fighter, I, I, I'd say. Um, so would you say that you feel maybe a bit more rested, maybe a bit more prepared because you don't have these other responsibilities going on? Yeah, 100%. It's a lot easier to be organised. Um, I've got a young family at home. It's, it's, it's hard sometimes. You've got a baby crying in the middle of the night and stuff. And... Um, like it's it's just easy. It's a lot just a, a lot easier to be fully focused on boxing and switched off from everything else. Do you know what I mean? Um, normally, I, I I don't. I'm not really into all the interviews and stuff. Uh, I'm just purely business. But um, I'm soaking up the whole atmosphere this time, and I think it's because how long I ain't. I've come over, um, got over all my my addictions and stuff. So I'm actually now controlled my addiction where. That my addiction is now boxing again, you know, I mean, like it was when I was a young kid and stuff. It's it's, it's now boxing again, and and um, I'm doing everything properly, and, and I'm soaking it up. And someone said to me, "Ah, oh, it's a really good atmosphere," and I said, "Yes, yeah, I think it's by far the best like build up to a fight." But really and truly, for me, I don't normally take no notice of none of it and don't really care about none of it. Like um, even a lot of the massive shows I box on, I just see some posters of this show and I said oh you couldn't sort me one out do you know what I mean but normally I don't care about none of that stuff do you know what I mean um, I just care about getting the ring having a fight see it get paid does it whatever but now the main focus is about boxing again do you know what I mean no, definitely I want to take this opportunity to congratulate you on um, tackling the addiction as you said being quite um, open and honest about it and dealing with it so congratulations for dealing with that um, just the last one from me um, I'm reading or Eddie I think Eddie said earlier that he's going to be turning up the sound effects we're going to hear these thuds of the body shots coming in what kind of experience do you think it's going to be for the viewer um, I don't know I think I think what a lot of people do is when they come to a fight they'll tell you their thoughts on the fight and then when they watch it on TV, they have a whole different view on it. So I think you're going to get that 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 second view at first first opinion this time. So like their better view was obviously they're getting carried away with all the sand from all the other people and stuff. So when you're at home watching it, you can focus in on the fight a bit more, sort of listen a bit to what the cornermen are telling the fighters. So then they get. I think. It's great to go to boxing shows and watch boxing shows, and obviously we need boxing fans to come to shows to keep boxing and sports going. But I think you get a lot more um, sort of focus just purely on the fight and the real result instead of getting carried away with swaying of the sand, the crowd, and stuff. No, absolutely. Um, but thanks for your time. Best of luck on Saturday, Ted. Cheers. This is Kuben Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're outside fight camp here. I'm joined by uh, Nathan Bennett. All How right. are you, Nathan? I'm all right, Kugo yourself. All good, all good. Um, yeah, just a bit of a weird yeah, atmosphere weird, to be. Yeah, it is. To be honest with you, it's been all right for me though. Just to have just forced me just to relax. You can't do nothing else but relax, can you? Absolutely. It was a bit weird being locked up in the room for it was, yeah. a long time. I think it is when someone says, when you're in your own house, you stay in all day, don't you? I think it is when someone says it's yeah that you've got to stay in. I think that's when it half plays on your head, isn't it? That you've got to stay in. Were you tempted to? No, no. I just chilled and watched a bit of James English on my um, iPad, a few documentaries, and just watched a bit of telly. I think everyone was kind of overusing Netflix and oh, yeah. YouTube yesterday. That's so it, yeah. 
Um, yeah, a huge opportunity for you against Definitely, Dalton yeah. Smith on the, the first fight week card. Yeah, I mean, how much of Dalton Smith have you have you seen now? I've only seen his been um, I've seen a little bit of his last fight. I think it only went about three rounds, didn't it? Yeah, so I've only seen I've seen a bit of him. I've heard about him. He's a former GB GB kid, and he's a good kid. Touted to be the next, touted to be a next world champion. So we find out Saturday night what he's about. You've only suffered the one defeat in your career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in ten pro fights you've had yeah, now. Yeah, but it wasn't even a defeat. Coog, it was I won that fight. I wasn't even sixty percent. It was I think the referee gave it a fifty. 58-57 and it was only a six round fight against Benfield but I won the fight, I, I know I won the fight, Just, I don't know what happened but, but maybe that got me the, got me this fight, that's what got me this fight, the loss I think. For yourself obviously coming onto this card, there was only five fights on, yeah, on yeah. this card so only opportunities for ten fighters, live on Sky Sports, the first matchroom show back on Sky Sports etc, it's, it's a big opportunity for you. Of course, this is, I'm going to take it with both hands, good. this is this is what I got into boxing for. I didn't get into boxing, like I've said in my previous interviews, you know, I couldn't get out of bed for the, for the last fight that I've had because I knew I was going to win, but this is a fight that's got me up, ready to go, and it's an opportunity of a lifetime for me. I'm ready to go Saturday night. How have you found training in the, in the lockdown environment? Has no, it been be, difficult? Be, that's what I mean, it's been okay, because I boxed on the 14th of March, so I, and then the lockdown come about about a week later, two weeks later, or something like that. So I just stayed in the gym. Stayed in the gym, stayed just doing safety and anything else, just in the back garden, just, just conditioning my body. And then, as soon as we was allowed back in the gym, you know, it was time to go to work again. So I always stay physically, physically in good shape, just for my mental state. So, so yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you you want to put on a show, obviously for yourself and it being on on live TV, and also send a message to Eddie Hearn to. Of course, yeah. If know. I win this fight, I'm getting. Gonna be signed with Matthew Eddie. Someone comments put it in with comments on his name in Scam Lads they saying um, it was my brother I think it was. Yeah, my brother said um, Nathan Bennett wins this fight, you know. Signing me said tell you what if Nathan Bennett wins this fight, oh, oh, he will be signing me. You know, so it's a big opportunity for me, you know. A lot on the line then? There's a lot on the line. There's, there's everyone's saying there's no pressure on you, there's no pressure on you, but I've got pressure on myself because I know how good I can be. And I'm gonna prove to Saturday night how good I am. And a lot of people are gonna think I didn't didn't expect that. And it would be a huge scout with Dalton Smith obviously being highly regarded as a, uh, one of the top prospects in the country. Yeah, yeah, it would be a huge scout for yourself. Definitely, yeah, 100%. But this is not amateur boxing anymore, too. This is not three rounds. This is not amateur boxing anymore, and he's going to find out that Saturday night. We look forward to a great fight night on Saturday, like I said. I think it's all going to be a bit new to everyone, is, a bit yeah. weird, but. This is, the, this is the new normal, isn't it? I hope it's not forever. I know, I hope so myself, but just got to crack on, haven't you? All right, well, listen, wish you the best of luck on Saturday night and hopefully we'll grab a word of you after your fight. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot, Coop. What's up, man? Thanks.